This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 100 A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Well, it's taken us 100 episodes to get from the first U.S. sitcom, Mary Kay and Johnny, 1947, to the final sitcoms of 1979. You're young, you got money. You should be feeling fine But something is not quite working And it's messing up your mind Ain't it butch? The Associates premiered on ABC on September 23, 1979 at 8.30 p.m. An entry from the team that brought you Taxi all about young attorneys at a law firm with Joe Rigobuto, Martin Short, Allie Mills, and Shelley Smith. They all have to kowtow to an elderly partner played by Wilfred Hyde-White. There's also Tim Thomerson, who plays the mailboy out on the make. This was Joe Rigobuto's first major role, but not his last. Ace Crawford Private Eye, Street Hawk, Knott's Landing, Side Order of Life, and films The Goodbye Girl, The Star Chamber, and Lassiter, but is probably best remembered as Frank Fontana, on Murphy Brown. Martin Short originally planned to be a social worker, but got cast in a legendary production of Godspell in Toronto with Victor Garber, Gilda Radner, Eugene Levy, Dave Thomas, Andrea Martin, and Paul Schaefer. He was encouraged to get into comedy and join the Second City. He would later be in the cast of SCTV, playing Ed Grimley and Jackie Rogers Jr., among others. He'd also go on to SNL in 1984-85, Other TV work included The David Steinberg Show, I'm a Big Girl Now, The Completely Mental Misadventures of Ed Grimley, voice work, his own eponymous series, Primetime Glick, Damages, Mulaney, Maya and Marty, The Cat in the Hat Knows a Lot About That, more voice work, and a lot of talk shows. Films include Three Amigos, Inner Space, Father of the Bride, Clifford, Mars Attacks, The Santa Claus 3, He had a one-man show on Broadway along with Little Me and It's Only a Play. He's currently touring with Steve Martin in a duo act. I used to like him, but he's become way just too much. Allie Mills would go on to TV's Making the Grade, Hill Street Blues, The Wonder Years, playing Kevin's mom, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, Yes Dear, and The Bold and the Beautiful. Shelley Smith started as a fashion model prior to an acting career, mostly in guest roles, recurring on For Love and Honor and Simon and Simon. She then retired from acting and got a psychology degree. Wilfred Hyde White attended the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and spent the 20s and early 30s on London's West End stage before moving to films Me and My Girl, The Third Man, Last Holiday, My Fair Lady as Colonel Pickering, Ten Little Indians, Xanadu, and The Toy, and on TV, Ben Casey, Peyton Place, and Buck Rogers in the 25th century, and Broadway, Caesar and Cleopatra, and The Reluctant Debutante with a Tony nomination. Hyde White generated 167 IMDb credits over his career. Despite this success, he was declared bankrupt in the UK in 1979 when this role came along. He passed in 1991. 
and we covered Tim Thomerson on episode 88 for Quark. Despite the future and legendary talent on The Associates, plus the track record of the producers and great reviews, The Associates lasted only nine episodes, with four more never aired. The show did get two Emmy noms, both for writing, as well as two Golden Globes, one for Best Comedy and a second for Best Actor for Hyde White. The show was rerun on A&E, Comedy Central, and TV Land. I found an episode on YouTube. The opening theme is The Wall Street Blues, sung by B.B. King. Hyde White is droll with a dry wit, of course. Cloris Leachman guest stars. Regobuto's character gets a job in Palm Beach and has to pick one of the others to join him. Martin Short plays it very befuddled. The script really pops. Just too bad the show never made it. House Calls premiered on CBS on December 17, 1979 at 9.30 p.m., a medical comedy based on the film with Walter Matthau and Glenda Jackson. Wayne Rogers steps into the Matthau role as a rule-breaking surgeon. Ironically, he played a similar character, Trapper John, on M.A.S.H., and CBS introduced a quasi-spinoff series that same year with Pernell Roberts playing Trapper. Lynn Redgrave plays the Jackson role as a hospital administrator that has to deal with him while trying not to fall in love with him. Ray Butkanika played a younger M.D. and Roger's pal. David Wayne played the crusty old doc. Anita Corset, the head nurse. Mark L. Taylor was Redgrave's boss. Dee Dee Peters as a candy striper. And Diane Lander, Beth Jacobs, and Suzanne Hunt as other nurses. Redgrave got in a contract dispute, more in a moment on that, and Sharon Gless was brought in to replace her for the back half of the third and final season. Now, we covered Wayne Rogers for MASH in episode 66, David Wayne all the way back in episode 12 for Norby, and Sharon Gless in episode 94 for Turnabout. Lynn Redgrave was part of an acting dynasty going back to the 19th century. Grandfather Roy, a silent film star, Father Michael, Sister Vanessa, nieces Natasha and Jolie Richardson, and nephew by marriage, Liam Neeson. She trained in London, then spent years in British theater. Billy Lyre, The Tulip Tree, The Recruiting Officer, Hay Fever, Much Ado About Nothing. At the same time, she started a movie career. Tom Jones, The Deadly Affair, Georgie Girl, with an Oscar nom and Golden Globe win, The Big Bus, Morgan Stewart's Coming Home, and Gods and Monsters, with another Oscar nom and Golden Globe win. As well as a long Broadway run, Black Comedy, a show I did in college, by the way, St. Joan, Love Letters, Shakespeare for My Father, and Moon Over Buffalo, and television, recurring or starring in Armchair Theater, Centennial, Teachers Only, Chicken Soup, Rude Awakening, and Me, Eloise, voice work. Redgrave got an Emmy nom for House Calls, was appointed an officer of the Order of the British Empire, and had a successful commercial career working for Heinz and Weight Watchers. This is living, not dieting. She toured with Love Letters, co-starring her husband, John Clark, and at one point performed it for the O.J. trial jury. An off-Broadway theater is named for her. Redgrave passed in 2010. Ray but spent much of his career in TV guest roles, but was a regular on Rhoda for a season and Cutters. 
His film work includes My Girl and Shop Girl. Anita Corset was, of course, Andy Taylor's long-running girlfriend and eventual wife on The Andy Griffith Show. She made her film debut along with Steve McQueen's first film appearance in The Blob. She had already been a regular on The Gertrude Berg Show prior to Griffith and was a regular or recurred on Death Valley Days, Emergency, and Matlock. Corset passed in 1995. Mark Earl Taylor already had a movie career prior to House Calls, Damnation Alley, Raise the Titanic. He would spend some of his career after that in voice work. The Mork and Mindy, Laverne and Shirley, Fonz Hour, Super Friends, The Legendary Superpowers Show, The Superpowers Team, Galactic Guardians, The 1988 Superman Show, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, The Twisted Tales of Felix the Cat, and The Mask. But he did come back to be a regular or recur on Give Me a Break, Melrose Place, Boston Legal, Saving Grace, and How to Get Away with Murder. Other films include Arachnophobia, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and Inner Space. Taylor has generated 164 IMDb entries so far and is still working. House Calls did quite well on the schedule in the top 20 with a Bazinga score of 3.7, Redgrave had a baby in the second season and insisted on bringing her daughter to work, which threw the show off schedule. The producers interpreted this as an attempt to get more money and fired her. She sued Universal, and while the suit was settled much later, she never returned to the series. An on-screen letter from her character served as her in-show exit, and Sharon Gless, still on Universal contract, stepped in. The show quickly collapsed and was gone, despite still being in the top 25. Caught an episode on YouTube, the theme sounds like something off the NBC mystery movie wheel. Rogers and Redgrave have serviceable chemistry. David Wayne's character struts around and grouses. June Allison in the episode plays a patient who tries to scam the hospital. The Candy Striper character would be called On the Spectrum today. It's really more of a dramedy before they were called that. World premiered on NBC on December 28, 1979 at 10 p.m. Here's something we haven't seen a lot of recently but would make a resurgence in the 80s, the family sitcom. Ramon Bieri plays the titular character, a house painter and father of a large brood. Kay Callan plays his wife with kids played by Christopher Knight, Melissa Sherman, Michael Sherritt, Ari Zeltner, and Missy Francis. Joe's co-workers are played by Russ Bannum, Misty Rowe, and Frank Coppola. Ramon Bieri was a character actor that generally played gruff guys with guest roles from the 60s into the 2000s, as well as a regular or recurring role on Room 222, Sarge, Gunsmoke, Brett Maverick, and Saint Elsewhere. Films include The Andromeda Strain and Badlands. Bieri passed in 2001. Kay Callan lucked into her first TV role, an extra on Route 66 that happened to be shooting in her hometown of Dallas. Much of her career has involved guest spots, but she was a regular or recurred on One Day at a Time, Married the First Year, Blind Ambition, Cutter to Houston, Dallas, Coach, Carnival, and Meet the Browns, but is probably best remembered as Martha Kent on Lois and Clark. You may have recently seen her as Great Nana in Knives Out. Other films? Fast Break, The Onion Field, American Gigolo, and Frankie and Johnny. Melissa Sherman had previously had a run on the soap The Doctors. 
Missy Francis would go on to Little House on the Prairie and Morning Star, Evening Star. Russ Bannum quickly got out of acting after this series in a role in Meatballs, winding up as a journalist and author. He's written 27 books, directed and produced multiple plays, while writing a few of his own. And we covered Christopher Knight in episode 54 for The Brady Bunch, and Misty Rowe in episode 78 for When Things Were Rotten. Joe's world came from the same stable as the Jeffersons One Day at a Time and 227, but came and went without much of a whimper. Ran for two weeks around the holidays, then returned in May, where the 11 episodes were burned off. Could only find the opening theme, composed by Alan Thicke, not one of his better ones. Okay, that completes both 1979 and the 70s as a whole. Before we get into stats, let's talk about why there were so many sitcoms in 1979, 31 in all. In fact, in the second season, usually January through May, the three networks launched 36 series alone with 20 more in the fall. Why so many attempts, most of which failed? Well, it's all about Fred Silverman. The man with the golden gut, see from the Pop Culture Bunker episode 96, had just come over to NBC after spending most of the 70s taking CBS and then ABC into first place. NBC was in the sorry state at the time, always betting on the wrong horse, but Silverman was expected to fix that. In fact, the other networks were so worried he would succeed, they basically greenlit everything they had and threw it at the wall, hoping a few would become hits while obscuring Silverman's machinations. Meanwhile, Silverman threw out much of NBC's schedule and replaced them with new shows. By this point, Silverman was so revered throughout the industry that he was surrounded by yes-men, so there was no one who questioned things like Super Train, Pink Lady and Jeff, and Hello Larry. The results? Out of 31 sitcoms, as opposed to 18 in previous years, only seven survived past their first seasons for a success rate of only 22%, the same as the previous season, but a much larger bloodbath. The survivors? Hello Larry, and that's an asterisk at best, Angie, The Ropers, The Bad News Bears, The Facts of Life, only one of two actual hits, The Baxters, Benson, the other hit, and House Calls. What about the 70s as a whole? Well, we had a total of 159 sitcoms, a big jump over the 96 sitcoms of the 1960s, 47 of which were a hit, 37 of them in the 60s. That's a 30% hit rate overall versus 39% in the 60s. Let's move on to 1980. New cable networks, BET, CNN, Cinemax. Al Michaels delivered the Do You Believe in Miracles quote at the Winter Olympics in Lake Placid. The first regular use of closed captioning begins. J.R. Ewing is shot on Dallas, creating a national obsession. The lead role on Happy Days moves from Ron Howard to Henry Winkler as the former moves on. Letterman gets his first talk show on NBC Daytime, which fails, but he will be back. The Emmys are aired without most of the nominees as an actor strike is underway. Only Powers Booth showed up and won. Edith passes during the summer on Archie Bunker's place. Suzanne Summers walks away from her regular role on Three's Company. Howard Cosell announces the murder of John Lennon during a Monday night football game. New non-sitcoms, Pink Lady, That's Incredible, Solid Gold, Cosmos, and Magnum P.I.
One in a Million premiered on ABC on January 8, 1980 at 8.30 p.m. An example of the turn a supporting player into a star genre, which generally fails as it did in this case. What's happening, Shirley Hempel, the sassy plus-size waitress, becomes a sassy plus-size cab driver who inherits a huge corporation from a recently deceased passenger. She decides to shake things up, declaring war on pompous, tough shirts, including the company's VP, Keen Curtis. Richard Paul plays the ex-president's nephew, Dorothy Fielding, his, now her, secretary. Carl Ballantyne plays a deli owner in the building and Shirley's confidant, with Ann Weldon and Mel Stewart as Shirley's parents. Now, we covered Shirley Hemphill in episode 80 for What's Happening, Richard Paul in episode 86 for Carter Country, Carl Ballantyne in episode 31 for McHale's Navy, your go-to second banana, and Mel Stewart in episode 69 for Rollout. Keen Curtis appeared in a 1948 version of Macbeth, directed by Orson Welles. He then spent decades on the stage, starting behind the scenes, but moving to roles in You Can't Take It With You, The School for Scandal, Pentagalese, The Cocktail Party, The Rothschilds winning a Tony, Annie as Daddy Warbucks understudy, and La Caja Fall. Films include Heaven Can Wait, American Hot Wax, and Lombada, while doing dozens of TV guest roles along with recurring or regular roles on The Magician, Amanda's Cheers, Sunset Beach, and The Pretender, with voice work on Space Stars, The Dukes, The Smurfs, The Pirates of Darkwater, and Swat Cats. Curtis passed in 2002. And Weldon would go on to the TV series 9 to 5 and film Shampoo and The Big Bus. As mentioned, One in a Million was not a hit, running all of 13 episodes, at least they all aired, Hempel left What's Happening for this, although she would return to that show's sequel in the 80s. With such a generic show title, you'll only find the opening theme, a generic disco ditty with Hempel pulling her taxi up to a tall building. That's it. More of 1980s sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at SFPPN. Check out Tumblr.com slash blog slash SFPPN. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time. <laughs>